you want to be a radical for Jesus? Well, this is Pastor David, host of Restoring Your Voice, and that's what this show is geared toward. Geared toward everyday Christians to equip you for the good works of Jesus and live out your faith radically. And I hope you enjoy this episode of Restoring, Restoring Your Voice. Alrighty then, welcome to the show. Welcome to Restoring Your Voice with me, your host, Pastor David. That's right, today is the 3rd of October, 2022. So this is the first show of the month and the last show of this week because my mom is coming in. So, making time for her, going to pick her up at the airport tomorrow and spend some quality time with her. So, don't forget, real quick, that's right, don't forget, hit that subscribe button on the YouTube channel. And when you do, when you do, don't forget, hit that bell. All right, make sure you pick all for notifications, right? It's going to give you a couple choices. Uh, make sure you click also David C. McGuire, the YouTube channel. Head on over there. Lots of great content for you. And don't forget to check out the website as well, davidcmcguire.org. All the content is there, blogs, uh, sermons, things like that. And if I put out a newsletter, don't forget that. So anyway, uh, what else is going on? <clears throat> well, we'll get into that a little bit. Uh, but I, I got a couple of show ideas planned for this month. Obviously, it's October. So you know what that means Halloween, right? So you know I got to do a show on that. You know I have to. You know I have to ruffle some feathers and do an episode about Halloween and Christians not partaking in it. So we'll just leave it at that for now. Anyway, anyway, today I want to talk about an important topic. As usual, it's important. Otherwise, I really wouldn't talk about it. I would just be babbling on. Um, I really want to talk about who defines you. Now you say, well, what does that mean? I'm so glad you asked. What I mean is there's a lot of people out there throwing definitions around of certain groups of people, right? Are you going to allow yourself to fall into that? Because if you do, you're going to fall into a trap, right? Yeah, Richard says, uh-oh, in the chat, because he knows I'm about to ruffle some feathers. He knows I'm good at that. I think I'm an expert at that. Anyways, um. Right. And one example I can think of recently is the new prime minister of Italy. Now, I've, I've seen a number of news headlines and I give you one guess what they're labeling her. Right wing. Some say right wing extremist. Some say she's part of these white wing, uh, right wing extremist groups. Some people throw it all in there. MAGA extreme right wing is a group. Who knows what else they throw in there nowadays? Right. Is that true of this lady? Now, I don't know her personally. I've only listened to what she said. And if by listening to what she said is a good judge of her character, and I'm going to say for now, yes, I'm going to extend grace, then she is far from a far white or far right wing extremist. Um, far right wing extremist. There we go. Boy, tongue tied. Anyways, right? Well, I mean, what, what, what are the actual characteristics of a far right wing extremist, right? Normally somebody who's racist, right? Somebody, somebody who thinks all the other races are inferior, inferior right? They, they're militant, and, and they want to take over through, through militants. I, I didn't see this lady take over through any type of coup, right? But, but, but she's not the only one, right? Pretty much anybody that holds to a biblical belief, anybody who has a world biblical worldview, right? Right off the bat, we're not labeled right-wing extremists. We'll probably get lumped into pro-Trump, whether people vote for Trump or not. Well, well, you know, 
Next thing you know, all the ogenists will get thrown in there, you know, and the phobes, right? We're phobic of this and phobic of that, right? right? If we don't agree with the left's agenda, if we don't agree with this woke agenda, if we don't agree with this progressive agenda, right? Now we're a homophobe, we're a transphobe, we're a misogynist, we're bigots. And, 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 and I'm sure there's a new term being invented every day, every week, but does it really matter to us? And are you going to let them define you? Are you going to say, because this is important, because if you let what they say define who you are, you're going to say, yeah, maybe I am that. And you're going to start reworking your theology. You're going to start re reworking your doctrine, right? You're going to start to do the C word. You're going to start to compromise, right? And that's never a good thing. And there's been lots of that happening lately, by the way. I mean, re I think the most recent one is Phil Vischer, right? You know him from VeggieTales. Um Right now, he's all of a sudden pro-abortion. Wow, who? Wow, I didn't see that one coming. Uh, we, I, I just saw another guy. He lost his ordination and his license, and they had to close down his church after 24 years because now he is affirming of uh, of same-sex marriage and same-sex couples and and all of that. Um, so now he he rightfully lost his ordination and his uh, license, rightfully so. Now, what did you think? Did you think that started? Like, where? How far back? Well, I guarantee it started farther back than just right now. I guarantee it wasn't just a right now thing. It was a, it could. Now I, I'm not the judge of every person. Now I, 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 I'm, I'm just not. But most likely, people continue to question them, throw these things at them. Most likely, homophobe is probably a good idea. Right? Probably, uh, somebody towards people like Phil Vischer. They, they throw that. Oh, uh, you don't love women, things like that, right? Why? Because you're misogynist. If you don't let a woman murder her baby in the womb, right, because she decides to have irresponsible sex, then you're against women, even though who knows how many of those babies murdered in the womb are actually women, right? You might be labeled a racist because of this, even though, even though the majority, uh, the major, the majority populace in America that has abortions are black people, right? But you will be labeled racist because why not, I guess, by that group? Well, so who are you going to want to find you? Because there's a lot of ways, and there's a lot of people, a lot of institutions that we can let define us, and it's going to affect our life. It's going to affect us for, for the rest of our life, Right? We can let the psychology field define us. I mean, it seems that every day there's a new something, some new disorder being thrown out there. Right? I just saw one. I'm, I don't know if it's a new one, but I've first time I've ever heard it called SAD, Seasonal Affective Disorder. Right now that is transitioning into fall. Apparently it's a disorder now. Right now that the summer fun is over, people will fall into some sort of mental disorder because of it i mean my like my, my god it, it's horrible um i mean something are you gonna let them define you i mean it's, it's like well maybe, maybe i'm that right I, I don't like fall i don't like the winter i, I like the summer right I, I like the extended days perhaps now you're like well yeah i, I kind of feel sad sadder in, in the fall or winter months then maybe I have that disorder. You see what I'm saying? Now, now we're just gonna 
because somebody said this, right? And we don't guard our minds, right? We don't have the mind of Christ. We don't wear the helmet of salvation. Now it comes to us, right? Which brings me to a quick segue real quick. Did you know I have a free e-course coming out soon? I'm going to do it live, right? It's not going to be on the show, but it's going to be live. A free e-course on biblical mental health coming soon. All right, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in the process of putting it together right now. All right, not something I'm going to get rushed. Hopefully I, I'm, hopefully I get this thing finished and out and scheduled by this month. But be there. All right, what can you expect? Right, a biblical mental health is from a biblical worldview. Right, what does God have to say? What is God's SOP, his standard operating procedure for our mental health? Um, what are his TTPs? What are his te tactics, techniques, and procedures so, how, so, so that we can operate in a godly mental health? Things like that. You'll hear my story, right? I'm going to back up not what, just what the scripture says. Um, you know, just, you know, I'm not going to preach. I'm also going to tell you about my personal story and, and that. And so anyway, be on the lookout for that, okay? Coming soon. Coming soon. Anyway. So, yeah, you can let the mental health. I mean, I've seen people all the time like that. Oh, I'm depressed. I'm this. I'm this. Are you? Is that is that who you are? I mean, it's almost like the dad joke, right? When somebody, when your kid comes to you and says, I'm hungry, and you say, nice to meet you, hungry. Right? It's 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 kind of a tongue-in-cheek comment. You know, I'm depressed. Nice to meet you, depressed. No, you're not depressed. God, God nowhere in Scripture ever okays mental ill health. Right. But the psychology field will tell you it's OK. Right. You have anxiety. You have depression. You have bipolar. You have you name it. Right. Are you going to let that define you or are you going to let what God says about you define you? Are you going to let things like whom the census free is free indeed? Are you going to realize that if the world hates you to rejoice and that the world hates you? us Christians because it first hated Jesus. Are you going to realize that? Are you, are you going to take that in and say, you know what? Yeah. You know what? When the world hates me, right now, not because I'm being uh, a hypocrite or something, but the world hates me because I'm marked by Jesus. That's good. Right. That That's normal. That's normal. Or, or things like, re, you know, rejoice. When people say all evil things, about you are, are you gonna are you gonna let that affect you are, are you gonna let that um insinuate itself inside of you are you gonna let that drive you are you gonna be driven by the opinions of the masses or are you gonna go by galatians 110 right where, where paul talks about am i trying to please god or am i trying to please men which one which one you try to please is which one is going to direct and drive your life, no matter how much you may say, I'm a Christian. Well, you can say, I'm a Christian all day long, but if it's mankind, the fear of man that runs your life, you, you might want to rethink your standing with God. Because people have opinions of all sorts of things. And what, what's going to happen is it's going to burn you out, right? We will get burnt out. If we try to please all people, we will end up pleasing no one. Right? Let me say that one more time. If we try to please all people, 
we will end up pleasing no one, right? Because this group over here likes this, right? And then that guy, girl, or group over here, but they like that, right? Next thing you know, we come, we 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 become like a, a chameleon or a, a Greek theater actor. By the way, they didn't have actresses back then. And we, and we end up changing masks to, to suit the role that we have to play. Or are we going to play the only role that matters? Are, are we going to live out that role, the role of Christian, right? The role of Christ lover, the, the role of radical. I'll be branded a radical any day of the week. Thank you very much. And I will gladly take on because I wouldn't mind being known. Whoa, whoa. That, that David, he's a, he's a radical you know, he's against all sorts of things, but he's all for Jesus. And he won't anything slow him down. Boy, man, uh, okay, fine. I will gladly accept that any day of the week. You know, you could throw whatever you want against me. And I'll either gladly take it or it'll roll off my back like water off a duck's back. Why? Because what I'm trying to do, and I'm not trying to brag of myself, by the way. It's only because of Christ, by the grace of God, go I. Because I, I, I. Try to concentrate. What does God say about me? What does he say about my character, right? First and foremost, am I redeemed? Okay. Am I forgiven? Okay. Then everything that, that happened in my past prior to the point of salvation is all erased completely. Gone. Blank slate. Brand new. Never happened. In the eyes of God, none of that ever happened. Amen. So even if I was any of those things in my past, right, and even if I was a racist, misogynist, homophobe, transphobe, Islamophobe, whatever phobe, in my past, even if, even if that were true, I'm a new creation, right? A new creation. Behold, all old things have passed away, right? All things have become what? New. So people can say what they will. And if I'm not being a, a hypocrite, and if I'm not just lashing out to lash out, and if I'm not known for what I'm against, but I'm more known for what I'm for, you know what? At the end of the day, I'll take it. But let me give a word of warning. Sometimes what people say about it is, is true. And sometimes because we're our own worst enemies and we think, well, I'm righteous this and I'm righteous that. And we just lash out, right? We lash out at the sinners, right? We lash out um, at those who disagree with us. We lash out at people who disagree with us on secondary issues. In other words, issues that do not affect our salvation. We lash out at them. Why? What, what does that accomplish at the end of the day? It accomplishes nothing. So word, word of caution. When people say stuff, it might be true because that's what we do. And I've been there, and I'm sure I still do it to this day. I'm, all, I'm not perfect in any way, shape, or form, right? And we, we have to be willing to grow. But either way, either way, whether it's true or not true, we should use it to grow us and mature us. They're like, well, but what if it's not true? What if they're all lies? Well, what if? What if? What if they're all lies? What if every bad thing said about you is a lie? Okay. But wasn't that Jesus? Right? They said all sorts of evil things. Right? They said he blas blasphemed me. They called him. They said he, they, the, the things he did was by Satan. 
I, I don't think you can get any worse than that by than by calling somebody or saying somebody does whatever they do by Satan, by his power. That's pretty bad. Right? I mean, his his own family didn't believe he was the son of God. That's pretty bad, too. Right? And I mean, his own hometown tried to kill him. So Jesus went through all of this, right? And all the bad things they ever said against Jesus, obviously none of them were ever true. And if he went through it, then shouldn't we expect to go through the exact same thing? Yes, absolutely. We should go through the exact same thing if we're a true Christian. And that's okay. You got to realize that it's okay. Stop listening to what the world says. It's not okay. Stop listening to what the world says. And they try to define, well, if you're suffering, that's not right. And life was made to be happy, go lucky. Right? Do what pleases you. Follow your heart. That's just the world's way of trying to define you. Define you by a good person. Right? If you're outside of Christ, you're not a good person, right? If you're inside of Christ, his righteousness has been imputed to you. But the, the world will say, what do whatever makes you happy. Let me let me listen. That's a that's a fleshly thing, right? That that that's a fleshly response. Right? Because if I listened and I did whatever pleased me, in other words, my flesh, believe me, I would be in a lot of trouble by now. Guaranteed, if not dead. Just to be point blank. But the world will do everything to define you. You know, I mean, the world now starts defining, if you are a white male, heaven forbid you're Christian at the same time, right? automatically you're racist and you're guilty of racism. Right? You may not have ever had a single racist bone in your body, but the world will tell you, white man, you must apologize and make reparations. Even though it's complete nonsense. But there are people giving into this by the volumes. Right? All the time. People running churches. Not just the average lay person, but people running churches giving into this. Why? Because they're not letting God define them. Does God call you a racist? And by the way, racism goes both ways and knows no boundaries, by the way. But what does God say about you? I guarantee the word racist is not in there. Guarantee that the word misogynist is not in there. Guarantee God doesn't think you're afraid or hateful of another person because of their beliefs, race, creed, gender, religion, etc., etc. But if you fall for it, if, if we're not careful, we can fall for it, right? Let, let me just make that point clear. None of us are so great so mighty, so whatever, that we're above falling into it if we're not careful. If we don't realize that it's but for the grace of God, go I. We can fall into it. If, if we're not plug in to a solid local church body, we will fall for it. If we don't have a daily prayer life and a daily Bible study life, if we don't know what God says, we will listen to the world just out of pure ignorance because we don't know any better. We need to get plugged in to the right local church body, not just any. There is a lot of nonsense out there nowadays. 
all right that that oh it's okay to be gay kind of mentality out there these days right you, you have to know what to look for otherwise now that ungodly church will now try to define you right don't do that all right know what a godly biblical church looks like by doing what by studying the bible you want to know what a godly biblical church should look like read the letters of paul because he wrote to various churches he, he told them what was wrong don't do that so so if you go to a church okay we'll, we'll, we'll just throw one out there right this name this isn't the most serious of crimes but paul wrote writes to the corinthians right the church in corinth right right because they're exercising the spiritual gifts out of control out of order and and he writes certain things what does an orderly church look like right if somebody is speaking in tongues for instance there must be interpretation for instance so if you go to a church like i said i just pulled this out of thin air it's not the most serious topic so if you go to a church and everybody's babbling in tongues if you go to a church and the preacher says, okay, everybody now pray in the prayer language. Everybody breaks out in tongues. If, if the preacher man is up there and just blurts into tongues, nobody's interpreting, guess what? According to the Bible, it is not a biblical church. Why? Because the Bible says, don't do that. And the Bible says, don't do that. And the church does that. It's an unbiblical church. So, like I said, I didn't pull the most serious one out there, but... Let's go to a very serious issue. Okay. God loves homosexuals, right? There's truth to that statement. Absolutely. Right. For God so loved the world. So he loves everybody in the world. But God, but does God affirm homosexuals? Does he affirm same-sex marriage? Absolutely. Unequivocally, the answer is no. He does not. Right? He, he does not. Scripture shouts on this topic. So if you go to a church that affirms homosexuality, that affirms same-sex marriage, guess what? Not only is it an unbiblical church, but it is an ungodly church run the other way. But how would you know that? What, what if, what if a very serious issue today plaguing us what if your church starts sliding off down the progressive trail? What if they start going down that trail? How do you know? What do you, how do you know the signs? What are you going to do? Well, you won't know first if you're not in your Bible every day. If you're not in your Bible every single day, you won't know the signs. But let me, let me give you a couple pointers here. Just, just real quick highlights. I'm not an expert. You could go to somebody like Alyssa Childers for this, who wrote a whole book on this. Right? She went to a church that slid off into pro progressivism, and it challenged her mightily. So I'm not trying to say I'm an expert, but common sense still must prevail. Common sense tells me if somebody starts questioning the authority of Scripture, right off the bat, leave. Don't, don't wait. Don't, do not pass go, do not collect $200, leave. Why? Because that's the exact same thing 
that Satan does. That's the exact same thing that he did to Eve. He said, did God really say? In other words, he was questioning the very authority of God's word back in the Garden of Eden. As soon as somebody says that, automatically, you know, they're not a believer. I don't care what title they hold. I don't care how long they've been at a church. As soon as they start saying that, go. Don't wait. Like I said, do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Amen? Let's see. See, Eric says here, uh, if your preacher doesn't use scripture in the sermons, that's also suspect. No, that would be highly suspect. If I heard a sermon without a single scripture mentioned, God would run, run, Forrest, run. All right. Anytime, how about this? Here's another one. If the preacher okays sin of any sort, God doesn't judge, run. As soon as he uses those words, run. Why? Because the point is, if you if you stay in that type of environment and you soak it in, most likely, most likely it's going to start shaping and negatively affecting your your, your biblical worldview. That that's why this is important to get. You're going to listen to it. It's going to define. Yeah, you know, I I think I think that that sin. I yeah, it wasn't that bad. Yeah, and you start okaying yourself. Right, even though no sin is okay in God's eyes, and we must all repent of any sin, regardless of that, right? We can't do it, but when we start listening to it, yeah, maybe that is okay. You know what? Yeah. And start now we start excusing more sin. Right? Maybe God didn't really mean it when he said that. Maybe he meant it that way. Or maybe it's not for today anymore. You see what I'm saying? And you'll start dissecting the scriptures in a very bad way right you won't be you won't start using um exegesis anymore right which is interpreting scripture as it is you'll start putting your views or eisegesis you'll start reading those views, your views into the text which is a no-no it never leads anybody anywhere well it'll lead them somewhere but it <laughs> it ain't to heaven and you got to be careful of these things because we're all susceptible to this. Now, regardless of your point of view, salvation, once saved, always saved, sealed by the Holy Spirit, regardless, regardless, we're all susceptible to this. The Bible says that your enemy, the devil, prowls about like a roaring lion, right? Seeking whom he may devour. Don't get so prideful that you have the attitude of not me. Don't do it. Don't do it. There's a reason he goes around like that. That's why we need to know what God says about us. How does God define us? This also plays into part um, when it comes to victory. Right? Can we be victorious in our life? I didn't say perfect. I said victorious. In other words, can we really overcome sin? Can we live free from the grip of sin? Absolutely. Because that's what God says about us. 
right? Uh, um, uh, somebody said in the chat earlier, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. I don't know any other way to take that, but whom the sun sets free is free indeed. I'm free. Free of what? Free of it all. Free of control uh, by the world. Because that's what the Bible says. Not because I'm so awesome. Not because I have the greatest theology, which I don't. But because that's what the Bible says. Right? You are no longer a slave to sin, the Bible says. Right? These, some of the, Paul, Paul writes this list of sins. And then he says, some of these things you were. Past tense. Right? Don't let the, don't let, what he said, the former lust control you. I think something like that to that effect. Why? Because that's what the Bible said. But you'll hear people out there. We're all still just sinners. We're just sinners saved by grace. That's all we are. And you wonder why people can't live victorious lives. Why, why, why sin has dominion over their life? Because they're not letting the Bible define them. They're letting a person define them. Don't fall into that trap. What does God say in his written word about you, the believer? Does he not call you victorious? Yes. Does he not say nothing will separate you from the love of God? Absolutely. Huh? Says lots of things. The, the Bible is chock and block full of how God defines you. Right? By the spirit of adoption, where we can cry, Abba. That means you are a child of God. I am a child of God. We're not seen as orphans. We're not seen as outsiders. We're not seen as sojourners, if you will. We have a heavenly citizenship. And with that heavenly citizenship, heavenly, heavenly citizenship, man, I'm getting tongue-tied today, right, comes a great degree of power and authority from Christ Jesus, right? I just preached on a lot of that yesterday. Which was Sunday as of this recording, right? Go watch the sermon if you missed it. But this is what the Bible says. I mean, you have people try try to define you but in all sorts of ways from within the church. And the sad fact that it comes from within the church is grievous, but don't let the don't let the, don't let that define us. Okay? Don't do that. Here, here, here's Here's a quick tip. You know what to do with the media? Do you know what to do with the news? Right? This is revolutionary. Revolutionary what I'm about to give you. Here's what you do with the news. Ready for this? Click. There we go. Revolutionary idea right there. Turn it off. I know, I know, I know, shocking, revolutionary, 24 news cycle, get hooked into, revolutionary idea. Thank you. I'll be selling this on TV later on. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Right? No, seriously, why? Because the news, right? You listen to Fox News, they have their slant. You listen to CNN, they have their slant. You have Newsmax, they have their slant. You have NBC, they have their slant. Right? Oh, those people over there are da-da-da-da-da. One news agency will say, and the other side of the news agency, well, those people over there, da 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 da, right? And now we're coming up on the midterm elections, right? Now they try to define you by Republican or Democrat. If you are a Republican, you are da 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 da, da right? 
if you are a Democrat, you are da 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 da. How about this? If you're not a Republican, you are not a Christian. I, I bet you've heard that said, or you've seen that said. Is that true? Absolutely not. My political affiliation, <coughs> excuse me, your political affiliation does not determine your level of salvation. But you've heard it said, right? See what I'm saying? You listen to this stuff. I mean, you know, I shouldn't, I don't know. I don't know if I can, maybe I'm not saved. No. Or the other way, you're, you're defined by your political affiliation. I'm a Republican, right? Look how righteous and holy I am. <laughs> right? We go strut our chest around. That's bad. <laughs> That's not good for us to do. Amen? We need to be careful. Don't let anybody other than God define you. Right? The new, I mean, let it, okay, how about a politician? Vote for me because I will. And if you vote for me, you are. You see what I'm saying? I mean, never mind. Most of those are empty promises anyway, so I don't care who's speaking them. Well, if I vote for him, that makes me awesome. No, it doesn't. The way you vote in regards to certain things is not indicative of how awesome you are. Amen? Remember that. Remember that. Who defines you? Let me ask that question again for you. Let me just pause and say welcome to everybody who's watching. I got a lot of people that hopped on today, so... Uh, Welcome to everybody, uh, my longtime viewers. Welcome to any new viewers who may be watching right now. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I appreciate that you're watching. I do. I'm humbled by it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And I've, by the way, I've gotten, I've become uh, dear friends with some people who have watched my show. So praise God for that. Okay. Anyway, what does God say? How does God define, for instance, our level of salvation since political season, midterm elections, now all of a sudden your political affiliation somehow ties into your political party. I don't know how that works. How about this? Justified for faith in Christ alone. There you go. Since this is also Reformation Month, so happy Reformation Month out there. No, it doesn't. Amen? Justified through faith in Christ alone. Is that it? Then you're saved. Is it outside of that? Then you're not saved. Period. The end. Point blank. Pretty simple, right? Don't let somebody define you. Don't let me define you. Right? If I say something, the Bible says this. I'm simply trying to tell you what the Bible says about you. If it's if you live in sin, then the Bible says this. About you not having salvation, I am simply making the point of what the Bible says. Other than that, outside of what the Bible says, and that's all I do my best to get a point to, to get across is what does the Bible say? All right? Don't don't let me, don't let your pastor, don't let anybody define you. Let me let me let me also speak in that pastor. All right? Don't let your gift or calling define you. 
Oh, let, let, let me that, let that sink in. Don't let your gift or calling define you. Why do I say that? Because we can let it get to our heads and puff us up. I am pastor so-and-so. I am prophet so-and-so. Right? Our gift and calling doesn't define our character. God calls who, whom he will call. But we can also lack character in that. But oftentimes, we, we in the church and among the leaders, it's easy to let our calling dictate our character, right? I'm a pastor, so I am this great, that great, dope. That's not true, right? Or I have the gift of prophecy, therefore, insert. Pretty soon it comes to don't touch the Lord's anointed, right? You can't question me. Who are you to tell me what to do? You don't dare question me. Don't you know who I am? Don't you know the size of my church and the church of attendance and 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 we put all these things in there, right? Don't do that. If you're if you're an aspiring leader, or you know you're going to be called to leadership one day, and you might walk humbly, walk humbly with your Lord. That's the best advice I can give you. Walk humbly with your Lord. When you are wrong, admit you're wrong. When somebody comes to you and says, "Hey, this was I think this was wrong and it was wrong," be humble enough to admit it and apologize and make right. Right, we cannot go around letting some external thing dictate our internal character, right? Because if not, we run into the danger of letting our calling carry us somewhere where our character cannot maintain us, right? And why do you think so many pastors end up falling from grace? Why do you, why do you think all of this? Why do you think this stuff happens? Because of a lack of character. Not because of they, they weren't a great pastor. Maybe they really were a great pastor. Maybe they really did shepherd that flock well. Maybe. But they were lacking in, in, in fundamental character. They had a fundamental character flaw that they refused to get taken care of, and therefore they fell. Right? Don't be that person. Don't be that person. No need for it. Walk humbly with your Lord. That's the best advice I can give you in that area. Be humble. When you're wrong, be humble. When you refuse to admit you're wrong and then you finally realize you're wrong, be humble about it. Go apologize. Go make right. Believe me. All right? You'll save yourself a lot of heartache down the road. Believe me. And I, as for myself, I don't want to get to that point. I don't want to say I never. I'm saying I don't want to. Best advice I can give right there. Best from what I've seen and I've observed over time and what the Lord has shown me, things like that. All right? Don't even let your family define you. Don't do it. Well, you're this. You're that. Are you sure you're that? Are you really sure you're a Christian? Because they'll start questioning you. Your unsaved family members will question you. Are you sure you're not a drug addict? Are you sure you're not drinking? Now you're still a drunkard. I remember when you were doing that, doing that, doing that. And the list goes on, right? But what did God say? If he said forgiven, forgiven. If he says you have a new nature, you have a new nature. Like I said, in this world today, they're always coming up with a new term for something these days. 
really, honestly, I, I, I just think it's a repackaging of something old anyways, right? The Bible says that, that there's nothing new under the sun, so let's be careful. Let's, let's lean into God all the more. This is not the time to uh, get lackadaisical about our walk with God. This is not the time to get lackadaisical in our prayer life and Bible study life. And you're like, well, why do you keep harping on this Bible and prayer life? Why, brother? Because. How about this? Besides what the Bible says, which is the most important, and far outweighs anything I'll ever have to say. But 100% of the time I've asked a question. And, and this is the only time I've ever asked a question and gotten 100% same response all the time. So in other words, when I see somebody and they... They're really, really down. They're struggling. Maybe, maybe, who knows? They're feeling far from the Lord. And, and something like that, along those lines, right? I ask the same question: What is your prayer life and Bible study life like? And hundred percent across the board, every time for years now, the answer has been that they do not have one. Amazing how having a Bible study life and a prayer life ties directly in together to our Christian walk. Wow. You might think that's important You'll, because it is. So how do you develop one? Simple. You do it. That's how you develop one. Right? You don't need all the study guides. Right? You don't need to listen, read books on prayer and what prayers to say. Throw them away and go pray. Simple as that. Do it. I'm not sure if I'm doing it right. Do it. If you're not sure that you're doing it right all the time, well, welcome to the human race. I, I think all of us experience doubts in that area. Amen. Amen. So, all right, my friends. Don't forget to hit that like button. Don't forget to hit that share button. I don't know where I got this pencil from. That's in my hand right now. It's on my desk, and I'm using it as a pointer. That's all I know. Anyway. Hit that like button. Hit that share button. Don't forget, this will be the only show for the week. There will not be a live question and answer session tomorrow. Um, so, because my mom's coming, right? Got to give my mom time. Right? She's my mom. I love her. So, anyway, thank you all for watching today's show. Uh, don't forget, everybody, be blessed. Love you all. Out for now.